Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. England have not bought it home, unfortunately. I'm still super proud of the girls in terms of how far they've come. But Farah, I'm going to need your insights. You were there, you were in the atmosphere, at the ground, your head's leaning back. Talk to me. If I just echo what you're saying, in terms of what they've achieved uh, in the last 24 months, European champions, World Cup finalists, um, I don't think I would have ever imagined that happening. Uh, to do that and get as far as they did. Unbelievable achievement. Obviously, proud of that. I think what they've done for the game in terms of inspiring a new generation of, you know, not just young girls, but boys and fans. Um, I think the legacy that they've created. Um, and I also think that, you know, what they've achieved, I think they've put, you know, huge respect on on football, women's football. Um, and people will start to take notes. So I think that in itself is a, a massive achievement. Obviously, the disappointment of, you know, falling short in the final hurt. Um, mm-hmm. I think I was more frustrated. Um, I felt like tactically, tactically, we got it wrong in the first half um, against Spain. Um, I think we got hurt down our right hand side. It, you know, with the tactics we we adopted. But the frustrating thing is that I was crying out for it. I'm, I'm sat up there. I'm like, look, we need to we need to change. We need to go to a four three three. They were they were. It was too easy for them to get out. Um, we always knew they were going to outpossess us. That wasn't ever a factor um, in terms of our preparation for it. But we was just a yard off of every single pass and every single interception. Mm-hmm. Anytime we tried to get near a press, we just looked like a yard off. But the frustrating thing is that Serena clearly identified that in game because at half time she made the change. She made a couple of changes yeah. and changed the formation to four three three. My thing is looking at it is we had players on the pitch that could have in game changed from a five to a 4-3-3. So Rich Daly could have gone right of a front three, Russo, Hemp, obviously put Carter left back, and then it would have been your normal back four, your three and your three. So I was just disappointed that it wasn't recognised early enough to adapt in-game. I feel like we always leave, not just, I'm not talking England, but just sometimes in football, we leave it a little bit too late to adapt. And then you got a goal behind and then your backs are against it and against, you know, a top team like Spain were, who, you know, at it from the kickoff. Like they were at it from the kickoff as underdogs. They dominated. Um, you know, we always speak of me and you about moments in games, and obviously Hempy hitting the, the crossbar early on. Yeah. A huge moment goes in, it could have changed the game, but then minutes later they go down the other end, big chance, you know, they hit it back at Mary. So it was like swinging a little bit, um, but I always felt like in that first 45, they took control of the game. Obviously the second 45, I think it changed. Momentum shifted a little yeah. bit. Um, I thought the save, the penalty save for Mary, I thought that was our moment where momentum shifted and we could go on and get a goal, but it wasn't to be. And I think as hard as it is to, to say, I think, you know, Spain definitely deserved to win. They were the better team. Um, mm-hmm. And I think knowing that is easier to accept. Sometimes when you've dominated and you lose, it's, it's, it's harder. It hurts. It hurts more. But I think they were better and, the, the, you know, the more deserving, you know, winners than we were. A hundred percent. And I think you touched on a couple of things there. I think we'll be the first to praise Serena in terms she gets it right. 
and she's been amazing for the team. We've seen players talk about that. We've, the FA talked about it. We've seen sort of stuff around the news around potential other countries wanting her to come and lead their nations. Um, and I think, I guess I'm asking the question in terms of once you step over that white line, it's up to players to really work it out. And I'm thinking, have we come a little bit too complacent in terms of like doing our jobs as players in terms of, yes, the, the managers put tactics out, but we're in the moment. We're the ones who can kind of feel the pace of the game and how things are going. And we're the ones who are going to have to make those decisions. And I just don't think, especially with those experienced players in the squad that, I don't know, was they not brave enough to, to I guess, go against it or relay that back to the coaches? Um, and I think, like you said, it just took, it just took far too long for, for us to work it out. I go back to him. I know I talk about um, Serena being a teacher, but she'll be the first to kind of, I guess, reflect on, on the performance. And, and we heard it in her pre-match that it was wrong to begin with. And I, I think for me, even though I agree Spain were the better team in the World Cup, and for me, I want the best team in the World Cup to win the World Cup. So I guess, like you said, a little bit easier. But... I think if we'd started with that 4-3-3, I think we had enough personnel to be able to, I guess, do the basic things consistently and do it well and to be able to sort of count counter-attack and catch Spain on, on the off because I think their defence was the weakest part in terms of pockets of spaces that England could have exploited. Um, and, yeah, I just think as well, just the personnel in terms of starting. I know you mentioned it while when it was on, on air in terms of, bloody toon versus James. I don't even think it was a, a toon versus James conversation. They exactly, talked about England being... Exactly my point. It's nothing against yeah, the toon. For me, it's yeah. about the, the, the difference in the player and what, what is needed in, in that game, right? So for me, a team that possesses the ball the same, for us to counter that in terms of like, when we do get it back, we're going to be deeper in our own half. We're going to need somebody to carry the ball up the pitch. We need a ball carrier. Ella Toon is in that. Ella Toon is in that. Ella is getting the box you can she can score goals and Lauren James is our only ball carrier from deep or from yeah. central areas so we needed her to start we've seen the impact she had when she come on I felt like I've said it I said it on air yesterday I felt like it was a double punishment for for her in terms of she served the band and then obviously she wasn't playing but look how I see it is that going back to your point about the players taking responsibility I think they should I think like I know that if I was you know running and, and, and chasing shadows and not getting near I know when I played the first thing I would have done would have been like telling the goalkeeper or going down myself like I'm injured and getting around the manager and be like, look, is it us that changes it? Is it you? Like something needs to change. Mm. So I'm a I didn't think we had a player that done that. But I also think then you yeah. go to Serena, he maybe could have. But I think the good thing about Serena Earth is that she's so honest with her assessment of stuff. Like yeah. You think of like Pep Guardiola, like how many times has he gone to Champions League finals and you know, fractionally, you know, got his tactics wrong and then obviously the consequence of that is a defeat. I think Serena got that wrong, yeah. but I think the thing about her is her reflections are so good and, and honest. You know, even when she came off, she said, we weren't out in the first half, we were better in the second and the better team won. Yeah. Um, so I like and that I, I think to me, the, the message all tournament was, it's tournament football, the whole point is getting the three points and, and getting through. Like that, that, was, that was kind of the strap line in terms of, England not quite performing at the level that we expected to. I think with this game, it's a final. It, it's it's not tournament football. For me, you have to put your best team out. So forget about names on the back of the shirt. If you had to pick your best team out of your whole squad, James is in. Toon doesn't go ahead of James. 
So we have mm-hmm. one game to win. She yeah. has to start. We have to play our best team. I get it in terms uh, of the double punishment it, I, piece. Uh, you might stick her on Twitter for, for putting it out there before the game. It's no, it, it, it's I, crazy. And, and I guess we, we talked about, um, like, just for me, that it's a one-off game. If it's a domestic league and, yes, someone's done something wrong and a player needs to be benched and this is what the squad's trying to do, I get it in terms of you can maybe not start. You've got that freedom to be able to do that. This is the World Cup final. You have one game. You have one chance to bring it over the line. You get the business done. And yes, Toon's performances, meet, like I believe she has the respect that she's done well. She should be able to play a part in it. But when you've got yeah. one game, you've got to start with your best team. You're not going to have... Argentina's not going to have a final, a final and say, I'm not going to put Messi on because he's got sent off. It's, it's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I think, like you said, I think the great thing about the honesty in Serena, she knows... Most probably, she got it slightly wrong, um, yeah. and I guess it's it's another, I guess, a bit of armor to a to a, I guess, her arsenal that she's going to have. So it's only a great thing, I guess, as a as as a country that she's our manager and that's what we've got. But it, it's definitely got a, it's a bit of blow. I definitely was looking forward to the parade. I was ready to get my change.org campaign in so that we had a bank holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, none of that seems like it, it's going to happen just yet. But I'm hoping it, it it burns that fire inside in terms of, I guess, the squad going forward um, for the next for the next four years. So I'm looking forward to to seeing where that where that can take us and England sort of pressing on. They'll be hurt for a while though, I'm sure. You know what the maddest thing is? They've only got a short amount of time before they can recover and back in the preseason. It's mad mm. emotionally. It's so far away, other side of the world. So, like for these players, now it's about their well-being as well. Like they've been out here for however long. They're mm-hmm. back in pieces in training, pretty sh- sharpish, which I find madness. That, like, absolutely mad. Is that a good, is that a good thing in terms of like not having uh, too much yeah. time to, to think about yeah. it? Yeah, but you need a mental rest. I think there's far too many games now. Um, I think mentally these players are drained. Out. It's not even about the physical. It's the emotion. Mm. It's a- I think you know that is, yeah, that needs to change for sure. Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I guess it's something that we've been talking about for a while around well-being. I guess as someone who's part of the national governing body, I'm hoping there's been some, I guess, something timetabled in there in terms of that well-being piece. Um, and I know you were doing some work with Jonas, and I'm sure like he's got a lot of players that will be coming back. They're, they're quite back late. in on Friday. They're back in on Friday. Mm-hmm. That's my point. They're back in on Friday, so a few days now, well, five days, and they're back in. They've got early qualifiers for Champions League, don't they? Oh, wow. So yeah, that's I, I mean. About that. so that, that's the point. Um, but you know what? Like last summer, the Euros last summer, and the impact the Lioness has had in terms of, like, literally getting the momentum of a, a nation behind them from the game one to carrying it through all, all the way to the final in terms of fans coming back little boys coming back, little girls, mums, dads, aunts, uncles. Like, I've only been out here, what, eight days now in Sydney and what the Matildas have done out here in terms of that. And even talking to, like, locals, the way that, like, they're like, oh, yeah, I went to one game. I'll be honest, I've never seen the Matildas before, but, you know, we was amazed by whatever. So I took my little boy. My little boy was crying to go back because I couldn't... Do you know what I mean? So what they've done is pretty similar mm. to what the Lionesses achieved a year ago. So, I mean, it's been a, 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 being out here. 
I, I realise, you know, how big the tournament's been. I guess back home, you probably don't feel it. And I certainly didn't in those opening group games. But that what, what the Matildas have done is pretty much what the Lionesses did a year ago. And I think that obviously helps them to grow the game, which again, another un unbelievable achievement in terms of tournament football and what it's done for those nations. Yeah, I was thinking of like, what is what is the real takeaway? What is the impact of, of the World Cup? You talk about it being there from a sort of domestic level and what it's done for the country. Um, I was down at Wembley Box Park yesterday for, for the final. And let me tell you, there was like a thousand times the people that are normally at our football clubhouses mm -hmm. back in the day. It is It was crazy. I went with my two nephews and my cousin and... Literally, I know it was early in the morning, but the beers yeah. were flowing from like 8 a.m. I don't know if that's even legal, um, <laughs> but I'm telling you, there was like 1,500 people in, in wow. Box Park, Wembley. Every single Box Park across the UK mm. sold out in eight minutes. Really? So, literally, oh, I couldn't get... Mad. Yeah. No, but I'm saying, mad. it's not back home, so be able to do that. I'm literally, there the game, going for a walk, obviously meeting fans and whatever around the park. Uh, for the amount of people, fans, right, that flew out for 48 hours to support the Lionesses, thousands of pounds to come and watch a World Cup final. Like, mm -hmm. I was like, in my head, like, I, I come back to my room, showered, and I was just laying there, and I was like, well, these Lioness fans forever, mm -hmm. and obviously continued that, or is it something that these Lionesses have done, and like, they now have a new fan base that will go over and above in terms of making sure they don't miss a game like that. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Uh, I met a guy uh, yesterday that I was at proper in shock. I was just on the beach in Manly Beach. The guy went to the, the, the 96 World Cup final when England brought it home. And he wanted to mm -hmm. be out here to watch the women. I was just like, mad. I couldn't believe it. I was just like, so taken back. And even the songs there, like the amount of songs that they make, just in tournament songs, it's nuts. Mm. Like, I was kind of joining and you know me, I'm like, I get a bit, a bit, a bit embarrassed. But yeah, oh. it's... Um, I, I, I felt like you're having a dig at me there, Farrah, because I didn't fly out within 48 hours to come and watch the final. Uh, but we'll but we'll skip over we'll skip over that quite quickly. I think for me, I guess the biggest takeaway for the World Cup is I guess the the other nations that have done so well. Um, I guess obviously expanding the, the the World Cup 32 teams. I think one thing that was key is that there's a lot of dual heritage players who have gone and played for maybe other nations. You look at, for example, Rebecca Spencer, Drew Spence, um, 
Ashley AR. There's, there's so many other players that are just like, I guess, utilising the benefit of having that, that dual heritage. And I think if we can get that right in terms of players that are in playing in countries where maybe football's a bit more developed, going to represent their other heritage nations, as well as maybe trying to reduce the corruption in some of those other nations where I don't know where the money's just funneling out to that apparently gets <clears throat> given to them. I think what we were going to see the gap closing very, very quickly. And I think it's not going to be shock results when we're seeing teams um, like, I don't know, Morocco knocking out Germany. It's it's going to be the norm. So I think for me, that's a big takeaway in terms of utilise like who you are, where you're from, go and like if you love playing football, like there there is a stage for you maybe to to play internationally, and I think I, that's going to help just world football in general, and us having mm. more eyes on just more players in terms of the pool of talent. So that's a, a massive takeaway for me. Yeah, uh, mate, I tell you what, I took away yesterday. Did you see the final? Yeah, yeah. You saw the celebration in Spain. You saw the president. I was kissing up the players. Please, crazy. What is that about? Please. What is that? I saw it. It was. Wow. I know Spanish love a little cheeky cheek kiss, but, but that was ridiculous. The, the, the two cheeks in Spanish, that's culture, what you know, right? You go yeah, and whatever. Exactly. But it's like, I, my thing is that they've already got this thing against like the federation and obviously the manager and whatever. We don't know the detail mm. of all of it. But then the president to come out and literally side side and then lips now. Nah. If we could do that in public like that, yeah. God knows what these guys are up to outside of that. Right? Yeah, it's wild. It, it that yeah, that was again. And I guess it just comes back to there's so much work to do. Um so I'm in a way, I'm in a way. We have talked about the impact of off the field stuff that are impacting the game of, of football. And actually, it's a good point you mentioned that. I think that was even another saving grace for Spain that meant potentially all their off the field stuff happened like 10 months ago, nearly a year. Mm -hmm. So they were able to park that <clears throat> and play football. Other nations mm -hmm. had stuff like three, two months, one month into before they're playing a major competition. And they still had that as well as trying to perform, hanging over their head. But yeah, that is, we do not condone that. Um, it's <laughs> definitely not something we want to see or that should be happening. And I think on that point, you just mentioned Spain, Goal scorer Olga finding out that oh. her literally passed away, literally on the day of the the World Cup final. Um, yeah, I don't even know how you process that. Um, it's, it's moments like that when football is just not important anymore. Um, mm. But yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's definitely her guardian angel and definitely played a part in in that. I know we laugh about Mystic Farah, but I know you most probably think that that has something to do with it in terms of them oh, achieving their start for sure. When I woke up this morning, I was like, you know, like sometimes you just think something's meant to happen. Like mm. she scored the only goal of the game. You know, you know, in my opinion, I know Bob might had a fantastic game, but uh, she was flipping close to being, in my opinion, playing mm. a match. She's an unbelievable tournament. Um, and you're right, and I think she put a message out to say that obviously he, she feels like he was sending the star down for her, and obviously after the game they had the one star on the shirt. So yeah, sometimes sometimes things are meant to happen, and maybe that was it.
Okay, quick transition into our second half um, of the podcast. So some key standout players. We saw some awards um, handed out yesterday at the end of the, the ceremony. We had Bon Matty coming in as tournament. Is that is that right for you? Are you going yeah, from the opening game, where she's probably the best player in the tournament, but it's so difficult. And obviously, I, I rate her so highly. I was gassing her throughout the tournament of the game I did on, on, on Spain. She was a standout for me, but, mate, we've got to mention Alex Greenwood in that. Mm-hmm. Like, I think she's an unbelievable tournament. Um, and really, the defenders get recognised in that. So it's quite difficult. But I thought Alex Greenwood had a standout tournament, for sure. Um, but for Matthew, I think, yeah. I think most people would agree that I mean, the way she won the World Cup final alone speaks, you know, everything. So, yeah, I was cool with that one. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. I think I think the only other person that I'd put in the mix is Mary Earps. I think apart from the, the goal against Colombia, really, I think she hasn't really made too many mistakes. The goal, Sam Kerr's goal. She's played. Sam goal yeah, okay, Sam, okay. Two, okay, two, two, two mistakes. How many times have players given balls away? Like throughout oh. the game, they make loads of little mistakes throughout the game. What I'm trying to say is, two mistakes in a whole World Cup penalty saves. Can goalkeepers get players tournament and golden glove? Of course you can. Why not? No, I've got it before at, at my um, five-a-side tournament in Peckham. <laughs> so it, it, it can be done. I think I've got, got top goal scorer as well. So top goal scorer, golden glove and player of the tournament. But yeah, I think definitely Bon Matty is, is a worthy winner. Young player, for me, it's got to be Casado. I'm not too... Sh- obviously, World Cup, making the World Cup final, etc. But mm-hmm. I think in terms of across the tournament, I think, yeah, for me, it's it's got to be Linda. I know, but... Mate, Lauren James, Lin- Linda Casado, I think Fowler, um, and then I think Paraleo as well for um, Spain, who obviously, who obviously won the award. But it could have been arguably those four. I think they all, you know, really stood out. I think Lauren, if she didn't pick up a too much ban, and England mm-hmm. rested as final, she'd have probably won that award for sure. Yeah, I, f- I think what's really exciting is we know that the talent is just still coming through. Um, globally and I'm really excited in that in terms of seeing more seeing more of those progressing into first team football um, and hopefully a couple over to the WSL where we can watch them week in week out so we can see if it's a fluke or not um, uh-huh. so yeah I think I think that's it in terms of going forward we have some fans questions as well obviously the numbers were great in terms of back in the World Cup and um, should we take a couple of these fans' questions? So we've got uh, for fans' questions. Uh, pretty much we covered most of them in terms of the people asking about Lauren James, um, people asking what our thoughts were of the World Cup. We've obviously spoke about that in the podcast, so listen in if you want to hear all of those. But there was one standout question. It was, I think, it's, is it LF? Ode, OAD, 83. And it just said, why do you think Walsh had such a disappointing tournament? Don't know if you want to kick us off or... Yeah. I think for me, well, again, I'm looking at it from a, from a well-being point. I think she's played too many games, number one. Um, mm-hmm. I think in terms of 
the injury, I think there was just too much reliance on one player. Um, we heard players talk about there was no contingency plan. Um, and then she came straight back into the squad and everything sort of revolved around her. I'm not too sure in terms of tactically how that, that helped and if that made us play the best football. Um, but you're the, the analysis guru. Uh, What's your thoughts? Nah, you know what, Earth? It's like when I looked at the opening two games and we had our 4 3 3, I think what teams had recognised was that Kira was a key player for us. So obviously, key players, opposition always try and make it difficult. And in doing that, they obviously protected balls into Kira, allowed centre halves to have it early on. So obviously, in the earlier games, two, two group games, Denmark and um, Haiti, Millie Brighton and Alex Greenman had a lot of time on the ball. Um, and it was therefore we needed to get somebody like Stanway maybe to come a little bit lower to help Kira to get on the ball. We didn't. But what it allowed anyway in that 4 3 3 was for centre halves to step in and create a problem. But I think when we went to the five, when Katie Zellen played, Katie Zellen's not a person that's going to get on the ball anyway. She was a little bit higher, it was a little bit different in terms of how she plays. Mm-hmm. When we come back and brought Kira back into this formation, they really struggled to get her in it. I think that you think about the three three centre halves, they're quite a narrow split across the across the eighteen yard box. So they didn't stretch the pitch enough to like really shift the two so the two the teams who come up against at, at a two. So really mm. in, in trying to shift them, if you used to use the whole pitch, so if you had a four, for example, and go around it before we go in, mm-hmm. it would have stretched the two strikers. But what was happening, because we had a narrow three defensively in our build phase, really difficult to play through the line. So we had to go around the outside. But in going around the outside, she cannot then affect the game with the ball at her feet and then I felt in those moments when she did get on the ball because she wasn't familiar with it and wasn't getting enough touches it was kind of very much safe whereas you think about the Euros mm. the, run, the, the pass for the goal Toon's goal in the, in the Euro final there were so many moments that you know one of the passes for the Sweden goal into, into Frank Kirby and then Frank Kirby put it across there were so many moments that she created in, in forward thinking and being effective with her play I just felt like we couldn't involve her she wasn't then able to find a way I think maybe that's something that is a challenge for her moving forward, how she challenges herself when she's not in games, how she can find her way into a game. I think that's part of her development still as well that um, she can improve on. But a player that we we, we, we definitely, I feel, was flatter in this tournament than, than the Euros and the impact she had in the Euros last summer. And, and I think she's not a bad team domestically to be able to find a way and, and to learn from some of the other players who we've talked like about Matty, who is able to to work it out. So I think it, it's great progress for, for Kira. I think she's at the right team to be able to make that next step up and, like I said, have those resources and get familiar with that. And, yeah, we're looking forward to, obviously, the Olympics coming up and then the Euros once again. So thanks again for listening to another edition of Boots, Balls and Bras with myself, Eartha Pond, and the amazing Farrah Williams, who is heading back to the UK. Um, please remember to follow home. us. Get me home. Get me um, home. Please remember to follow us on socials. As Farrah always says, get your questions in. Don't wait for us to, to post it. Um, we're happy to, to answer that. We might even be going on a, a cheeky live at some point this week. So the more questions you get in, maybe we'll, we'll come on. We'll, th- we'll think about it. Um, but we look forward to to hearing from you guys soon um, and we'll be back with another edition of Boots, Balls and Bras sponsored by Marks and Spencer's Inkwell.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 